I started going to the discipleship. That's when I really, really got my life together. That's when I stopped going to the club. That's when I stopped having sex. That's when I stopped everything because discipleship taught me principles. And that's what it's all about is the principles. You know what I'm saying? You can go to church and sit in that sit in the audience for 50 years and get a word to take to apply it to your life if that's what you want to do but if you're not taking the principles that say this book right here you missing out i'm saying something this is how i got to where i'm at this book right here and discipleship because this is how you live your best life now i don't know about nobody else but if i know that i could look somewhere and learn something to keep me from going through all of that, I'm gonna do it. Not only is this helping me, but the experience. Apparently I was doing something wrong, very wrong, but it's like what I was doing was typical. This is how people live. You know, a whole world is living like this and it's normal and they're okay with it and I was okay with it. But it's like, let me share a, a scripture with y'all. Let me share this with y'all because if you know this, right, then you know that um, you shorten yourself. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you shorten yourself. Ain't nobody suffering in the things that you do but you. So I know a lot of people get stuck and they get like, um, you know, well, they did too much to move forward because I was that way too. I condemned myself. I was so guilty because of all the things I was lying in. I was sleeping with other people, men. I was getting drunk. I was getting high. I was just being, you know, reckless with my life. I was being absolutely reckless and didn't have any any regard for anyone else. It was my way or highway. It was what I wanted to do. It didn't matter about nothing else. And no matter how many times... God showed me, like, like for a perfect example, having sex before you marry, right? Now, had I would not have been doing that, I would have been in all them domestic abuse relationships, right? Right. I would have been in one still, you know what I'm saying? But one, I'd have learned and I could have moved on from it. But I never thought about it that way. I just thought about, oh, well, you know, this is life. This is what happens. I'm just going to keep moving. But this is what I want to share with y'all. I got, a, I got three scriptures I want to share with y'all. I ain't going to preach y'all ears off, but I do want to share this with y'all because I know that all these people, a lot of these people that's on here know me from my old life. You know what I'm saying? They know me from turning up, selling a drug, doing a drug, messing with them or messing with somebody that they know. But people don't want to hear this. See what I'm saying? People love to kick it with you and, and, and get drunk and things like that. But when it's time for you to get your life together, people don't want to do that and they don't want to go with you. They rather stay in the darkness because it's fun there. They don't have to see the, the truth in the dark. We're going to talk about that though. But, but once you know who you are, you know what I'm saying? You start to respect yourself and treat yourself better. And that's where I'm at and that's who, that, that's who I am. So listen to this, y'all. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, but you are, let me tell you what this is. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Out the darkness. Who what, do y'all ever think about why the club is so dark? Because don't nobody want to see what they doing. You understand that? Why people get drunk at night, get high at night, then when the morning time comes, everybody acting like vampires running from the light. Because you know you've been doing wrong all night. That's why. You have to think about these type of things. And um, when you talk about darkness, let me tell y'all what this say. I've been doing a little study with y'all. God prepared me for this because... Like I said, he could have let me die a long time ago. So I'm going to go hard now for Jesus, just like I went hard back then for the dope man, for the club, for my homegirls, for all of that. Just like I was going hard then, I'm going hard now. So anybody who don't like it or don't understand it, that's okay, baby. I'll be praying for you. But let me tell you, this is what I learned. So Satan is the prince of darkness, right? 
And the Hebrew meaning of darkness, y'all, is ignorance. Bet y'all didn't know that. Some of y'all probably did. Ignorance. I'm tired of being ignorant. Ignorance, ignorant, however you want to put it, whatever language speaks to you best. I'm tired of it. And I'm, I, I don't want my people to be that way either. If I could help you with something, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see nobody out here out bad. This coronavirus is going on. People are killing themselves, committing suicide. You see what I'm saying? People are hurting out here because people are living in darkness. People are living in ignorance. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it take, it, it's nothing for us to worry. You know what I'm saying? Because worry is not going to fix anything. It's still going to have the same problem. But if you have the principles, then you know how to deal with it better. You see what I'm saying? The stuff's still going to be happening. Don't get it misunderstood. I still go through stuff. I'm no angel and I'm not perfect. I'm going to just put that out there. But the difference between that Ronnie and this Veronica is I know how to fight now. You see what I'm saying? It's not through a drink. I, feel, I realize I'm more lit like this. I thought I was lit. I used to always tell myself, like, oh, let me give me a drink so I can get on my level. Guys, let me get my book so I can get on my level. Y'all don't hear me, though. But hold on. That's how I I'll got y'all. I'll got y'all. So another one that um really helps me, too, is this one. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And this one says, for anyone who feels like you done done too much, like you use goods and God don't want you and you cannot be redeemed. For anyone who's letting the enemy tell him, tell you that, I rebuke him right now in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it says right here that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. You know what that means? That means Ronnie is dead. That means Veronica is here, and she's fearless. Fearless. Like, I'm ready. First off, if it's my time to go, I know I'm going with Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but Jesus is pretty lit, so I'm okay with that. And another one that I have here is Ephesians by the left. This one says, don't participate. Matter of fact, I'm going to read this one through a little bit because this one is really good. Really, really good. It says, don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everyone exposed by the light is made visible. For what makes everything visible is light. See that? The light. The light. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be in the dark. I want the light. Especially if I could have the light. You know, we all have been brought up a certain type of way. You know? And that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Our parents did the best that they could. Period. But once you get a certain age, it's up to you to turn that thing around. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to stay where you're at. Unless that's what you want to do. If that's what you want to do, then so be it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just here because God put it on my heart to share this with y'all. Because I've been through everything that you can imagine. I've been through drug abuse. I've been through alcohol abuse. I've been through domestic abuse. I've been through being promiscuous. I've been through uh, teenage pregnancy. I've been through all type of stuff, you know, and I'm here because I want to help somebody. You know, I'm not here because I want to air my dirty laundry. You got to know it took all of Jesus for me to do this, okay? I had to take me off. And put Jesus on. You see what I'm saying? Because as long as I know that Jesus is in this, I can do this. And it, it's a very, very, very humbling thing to have to do because you don't want to tell people those deep, dark things about you. At the same time, that's who I was. That's not who I am. So I don't really care about sharing it with y'all. That's why I said y'all should share it with a friend because I know y'all know somebody that has something going on about something that I'm talking about today. And so I want to leave this out, this, a couple of quotes with you guys um, to just help you guys till, you know, we meet again or until, you know, you guys decide that 
you want to be that way, you know, with the Lord. Or if not, you know, I'll still be here telling y'all what I have to tell y'all. So uh, one of the ministers at my church, this is a great quote that he uses. He says, wisdom, right, is having the most qualified information to make the best decision. So if you know better, you do better. Yeah, experience also is, uh, to me, qualified information. If you've been through it and you know how it went the last time, nine times out of ten, it's going to go that way. And Pastor Michael Todd said this, the area of your life where you are most ignorant is where Satan has the most rule over you. And that's true, because if you don't know no better, he can pull you this away, he can pull you that away. You can go every which way, and you don't even know because you ignorant. You don't know nothing. So, learn. You know, I'm ignorant too in some areas, but I want to learn. I'm thirsty. I'm in it. I'm in the word. I'm in sermons because I want to know more. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to ever, ever go back to where I came from. It's not fun to me. It got to the point where I was going out and I wasn't even having fun. The drugs wasn't even getting me high no more, y'all. I was just like, what am I even doing here? I'm so for real. Like, it just started like the inside was dead from all that. You know, God been wanting to do something in me, but it took for me to surrender and really let God do that thing. You know what I'm saying? He can't do nothing in us without us allowing him to do it. You know, if we keep pulling this way and he's trying to lead us this way, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So when you're going through stuff after you know better, don't get to talk about cussing out God. Oh, God, I can't believe you would let me go through this. No, you did that to yourself because God probably was trying to show you something and you want to be hard hit like me. Don't be like me. Don't wait until you get all bruised and beat up to want to change your life. Do it right now. Some people don't have a chance. I'm 37 years old and I'm here by the grace of God. I know a young lady got killed last year. I know her personally from domestic abuse. And I know so many people that go through that as well. It's not just me. You don't have to stay. You can leave. It's, it's scary. It's uncomfortable. But if you're in that situation, leave. Go through what you got to go through. You see what I'm saying? Because you have a choice. Don't ever let nobody hold you bound and hold you hostage. You can leave. That's not to say they're not going to come after you. I say that. But that's when you have to trust God. That's when you pray. That's when you reach out to the people you need to reach out to. You can help you, but you got to want to help you first. That even comes with God. Even if you want God to help you, you have to take that first step in wanting to help yourself. That could be as simple as asking, God, help me. And he'll help you. He's not like us. He don't think like we think. Oh, well, when I was telling her to do something, she didn't want to listen, so I don't hear her. I'm going to just let her get beat up. He ain't that way. He's not that way. He's just waiting on you to answer to him. I mean, or call on him. He's just waiting on you to call on him. Um, This is something my pastor Monica says. Tie up the strong man, right? So what that means is, once he's out, leave him out there. And I don't mean that as a human, but it can also be a human. I mean that whatever it is, if it's an addiction, if you drop that thing, don't pick that thing back up. If you put that thing on the other side of the door, you close that door, don't even crack it. Because if you crack it, he's coming in. He's going to be all up in your house, and it's your own fault. Because you had him out, you should have locked that door. Should not open it. You know what's on the other side of the door? Why didn't, would you even open it? I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just saying. If this coronavirus don't show nobody that, they, that God is real, it's something seriously wrong. And that's why we're going through this right now. Ain't nothing at all, no matter how the scientists, the doctors, the Theorist, if that's how you say it. See, I'm still a little ignorant, but I ain't afraid to say it, okay? No matter how y'all try to put it, nothing can shut down the entire world. You understand that? Only a God, our God, the Alpha and the Omega, can do that. And that's what he did. So I'm, and he put this on my heart while this was going on to help somebody. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying the information is here. You know, 
We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but the best thing you can do is make your peace with God. Look at it this way. A lot of people are like, uh, they, 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 they not sure they're confused. They don't know if this God really exists or not. Right. Well, look at it this way. What will you lose by praying to him? What will you lose by believing in him? What will you lose by asking him to forgive you of your sins? You will lose nothing. But if you don't do that, we don't live here forever. You know what I'm saying? Nothing I do here is for a reward here. I don't, I don't really care about anything that I get down here on earth. I'm trying to store my treasures in heaven, honestly. Like, I've had money. I've been broke. I don't really care about none of that. What I care about is hearing God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's why I'm sitting before you right now, speaking to you. So, if you guys do have any questions, you can shoot them to me through the live. Um, I'll let you know that next week, I'll be here same time, 7 o'clock. And next week, I'm going to have a special guest, right? That's going to be kind of the thing. I'll be bringing people on here. So some of y'all, as my viewers, they got amazing stories. If I know them or I don't know them, you can send it to me. But I just want everybody to be a part of this because we're a family. If, you know what I'm saying? We got to help each other. That's just it, and that's just all. So I'm going to have somebody on here who's big in the um in the recovery community, and he went from laying dope to slanging hope. Praise God, right? It's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. So make sure you share with a friend and you check in the Truth 101 page because I got some fun stuff happening this week. If you're a small business owner, um, I'll make a post on Monday. Post your business so people will know. I'll share your information. You know, we all need to eat. It's Corona time. You know, it's a recession almost. You know, we 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 just never know. So we have to stick together, you know. Pray for someone. Help someone. You know, there's people out here that's really struggling and really hurting. Like, it's, it's bad. And that's why I wanted to get on here and help somebody because I know people are depressed. People are hurt. People are scared. This is a very scary time. At the same time, the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear. You see what I'm saying? That's why you have to get into your word. You know, you have to. It's not being like, oh, well, I'm not scared and I'm all big and bad about it. It's not that. It's just the fact that this type of stuff is going to happen. It been happening. We just went around. This happened in the Bible. If you read the Bible, you know it happened. So it's just like, how do you deal with it? You know, what do you do? How do you help? How do you stay sane? How do you keep your anxiety down? That's the, that's the thing. So next Saturday, 7 o'clock, we're going to have... This special guest, she went from slanging dope to slanging hope. And let's just pray out before we go, because, you know, a week is so far away. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day, all the mommies, grandmommies, aunties that, you know, stand in as mommies. I see y'all. It's just like, it's a blessing to be here. Whether we can go to a fancy restaurant or just spend time with your family, that's a blessing. People are passing away every day. We got to start counting our blessings. I'm talking about when I wake up in the morning, as soon as I open my eyes and I see that I'm not in heaven, I'll be like, oh, thank you, Lord. You gave me another day. And I'll be so happy. The first person I talk to and the last person I talk to before I go to sleep because just waking up is a blessing. It doesn't matter what else happens throughout my day. I've been blessed with another day. So, Thank you all so, so much for watching. Share it with a friend. If you have any questions, inbox, whatever. You know, if you don't, that's fine too. But I hope my story helped you. I hope that it enlightened you. And I know it was kind of brief, but, you know, I'm 37. That's a lot of years, y'all. You know, we'll talk about other stuff later down, down the line. But I really do appreciate you for tuning in. So, Heavenly Father, I just ask that you uh, just keep a close eye on all of us, Father God. Keep your loving arms wrapped around us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just ask that anyone under the sound of my voice tonight, Father God, that they receive your grace and your mercy, Father God. Keep us all healthy, Father God, and give us all your Holy Spirit so we know how to move throughout life, Father God, so we know how to 
tie up the strong man whenever he approaches, Father God. So we know how to fight these battles here on this earth, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I just ask that you please pour out a blessing, Father God, on the whole world, Father God, because we need you, Lord. We know that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, Father God. And we know that you can stop this thing just like you started it, Father God. So we trust that in your time that it will be done. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, everyone. Thank you all for watching. Have a blessed day and happy Mother's Day, ladies. Okay, welcome everybody to Truth 101. Sorry for the delay. You guys know that the enemy is real, okay? Now, I wasn't going to get on here preaching at first, but because this happened to me, I have to share this with everybody. So, I did a test run just on Thursday, and today I go to log in and do this thing, right? And it says that I need a new browser. I need to download all this crazy stuff. I cannot make this up. This is how you know that there is a real battle between good and evil. But we're not even going to go there. I'm going to just let that be what it is. We are here. That's what matters. So I just want to say welcome to Truth 101. I thank everybody for liking the page and I encourage you to share, share, share because um, your girl here been through a whole lot and my goal is just to give back to other people and to help somebody else prevent them from going through what I went through or help them get out of something that I've been through or just to help to shed light for some people. So this is all for um, help. And to just show that God is real and God really does, you know, he, he comes through every time. So this is going to be ongoing. It's not just today, but we're going to have episodes every Saturday at 7 o'clock. I'll be bringing amazing people on here so that you guys can hear their stories and hear how God has changed your life or maybe even just get some good biblical advice. You know, we're going to keep it real nice and keep it real funky, but not like too funky, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so we're going to start with my testimony, but first, what I like to do is pray, right? Let's pray. Um, so you guys don't mind, we're just going to bow our heads real quick. And we're just going to say a quick prayer to get this thing started so the Holy Spirit can move. Because let me tell you guys something, this is not me, okay? Getting on here and airing my dirty laundry was not my idea of a good time, okay? I'm just going to put that out there. But God told me that somebody needed to hear this. So I'm going to be obedient to God and put myself out there. But I got to put my armor on first. So let's go ahead and pray, okay? Heavenly Father, I just ask that you meet us right now in this moment, Father God. I pray that anyone under the sound of my voice, Father God, that they open their ears and open their heart, Father God, to receive this word that you have for them today, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to pray for anyone who is affected by the coronavirus, Father God. I just pray that you're able to reach out and touch them. Give them comfort, Father God. We know that you are the beginning and the end, Father God, and we trust that this is all in your hands, Father God. I just ask that you use me right now as your sacrifice to be the light, Father God, to help somebody, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So. Um, yeah, I just want to give a big shout out to Jesus, right? That's my bay. And for anybody who don't know what bay means, that's before anything or anyone else. So that's bay. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, I would absolutely not be here. So, you know, he had plans for your girl. So that's how I ended up here. Then I want to just thank my ICCM Life Center family because, man, those are some warriors up over there. And they encouraged me. I could absolutely never, ever in life get up here and just do something like this. But the stories I've heard and the people that I've met is just absolutely amazing. So, you know, I just want to definitely thank them for supporting me and rooting me on, along with my family. Um, that has been a big support system to me as well. So I just want to thank everybody. You know, I, I'm grateful. 
That's why I'm here. I'm just grateful because I supposed to have been dead. And I'm going to tell y'all all about that. But I mean, I guess it didn't matter what I wanted. God wanted me to be here right now talking to you lovely people. So that's what we're going to do. Um, just want to go over some quick housekeeping stuff. If you guys have any questions, I'm more than open to answer any questions you guys have so you can send them but i won't answer them until like the last 10 minutes because i want to be able to really tell my story to be able to get that out there i don't want to leave nothing out um and then at the end i'll answer any questions that you guys may have and um let me see i just want to make sure i got everything i got my little notebook so make sure you share Somebody needs to hear this. I'm telling you right now. This is like one of them stories that you read when you're in jail. You know them little bad notebook stories? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, one of them. But it's got a twist on it because it got Jesus in it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the good, the bad, and the Jesus. You know, it don't get all the way up. So I would, I would really advise you to share that with somebody. So um, I guess we'll go ahead and I'll just get started because I am 37 years old, so my story's kind of long. So <laughs> we'll start from my childhood um, so you can know uh, kind of like my upbringing. So first off, everybody used to call me Ronnie. Let's put that out there. But Ronnie's not existing anymore. She died a long time ago. I like going by Veronica now, but I was born in Chicago, Illinois. And um, I grew up in the Wild Hunnets. Wow, wow. You know, you got to do that when you say the hundreds. It's not gang banging. It's just street etiquette. If you grew up in Chicago and the hundreds, it's just what we do. So um, I grew up there and my mom raised me along with my grandparents and um, well, actually my great grandparents. So my great grandparents were real uh, spiritual people. So they kind of instilled that in me when I was a, a child. But growing up, I was a hot mess. I used to steal I want to hang out. I didn't ever want to come in when it was curfew time. I was just doing what I wanted to do because that's what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, my mom did the best that she could. My mom had me when she was 13 years old, though. You know, so it's like she raised me the best that way that she knew how to raise me. And I love her for that, you know. But um, it was kind of rough. I've been around a lot of drinking, you know, alcohol. Every time there was a special occasion, that's what we did as a family. Oh, you got all A's on your report card, the family having a drink. Somebody got killed, the family having a drink. Somebody got a new job, the family having a drink. You know, that's just what we did because that's that's how things went, you know? So I grew up like that. I didn't have a, a real male role model in my life because my dad wasn't there. To my knowledge, um, my dad was in prison my whole life pretty much. So I never had that male role model. The only male figure that I had in my life growing up as a child was my great granddad. Okay, so he's like 70, 80 years old as I'm growing up as a little kid. So I never really knew what a man looked like. You know what I'm saying? I grew up feeling rejected. I don't even know why. Like my mom loved me. My grandparents loved me. It was just something that was in me. It made me feel like I needed to fit in somewhere. You know, it felt like where I was at, I did not fit in it. So I would always do stuff to try to fit in as a kid. Like I said, stealing, you know what I'm saying? I'll go out and I'll be stealing or um, I'll be hanging with all the boys when all the girls are over somewhere else playing because I just never fit in with the girls because it was like, you know, I just felt like no one ever liked me. I just felt like I was never good enough. I felt like I always had to do extra stuff to fit in, you know, so... That was something that was on me for a long time, a very long time. I used to run away from home, and my mom used to beat me up, you know, not like um, beat me to a pulp, but it was she disciplined me, you know what I'm saying? And where I'm from, that's normal. You get, you, you run off, you get beat up. That's just it, you know? It ain't, it ain't nothing, you know? So I, I just became accustomed to that. That was love, though. See what I'm saying? If, if you did something wrong, you got disciplined. And there wasn't really a limit to discipline. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, I got hit with a stitchy cord, a hanger. And I'm not trying to put my mom out there. It's a lot of people where I grew up at, that's how we got whooped. That's how they got whooped. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, 
Some people probably needed to get whooped that way, and I was one of them because I still did what I wanted to do, honestly. But that's a whole other thing. So coming into my teenage years, um, I got kicked out of high school, so I didn't get an opportunity to finish that. I got kicked out of high school because of something that looked like one thing and it was another. I got kicked out for a gang fight, and I'm no way affiliated with anybody's gang. But somebody thought that I was and tried to approach me about some people that I was hanging out with. And back then, I really didn't care. So I'm like, oh, you questioning me. You got the right idea, but the wrong question. So, yeah, I fought him. And I got kicked out of school. So when I got kicked out of school, um, I went to Corliss High School. And they tried to send me up the street to Harlan High School. And anybody from Chicago know you just can't do that. You cannot go to Corliss and get kicked out and go to Harlan because they rival schools. So it was like, well... School's completely out the picture. That's not going to happen. So I started working. And in the midst of me working, I um, met my kid's father and I got pregnant. So here I am, 16 years old. I got pregnant with my daughter. And my mama didn't play that, okay? She said, oh, so you pregnant, you think you grown? She said, well, you need to get your own place. Yes, I was 16 years old and I had to get my own place. So my grandmother helped me with that, but um, I had to do it on my, do everything else on my own as far as like, taking care of my child, working a job, parent, all that stuff I was doing at the age of 16 years old. And my daughter's dad was in and out of jail, you know what I mean? When he finally did get out of jail, it was a mess. It was a wreck because it was a domestic abuse situation. You know, I'm 16. I don't know what a dad looks like or what a man so much even looks like. So it's like, okay, this person is here. He's helping, you know, so... This must be right, you know, the abuse must just come along with it. This is what I experienced growing up. This is what I saw growing up. So this must be normal. So that went on for a long time. And then um, my mom, she, when I was 18, my mom decided that she wanted to leave from Illinois. And then we moved here to Minnesota. And so when we got to Minnesota, then I um, came here by myself with my mom. So my kid's dad, he didn't come with and I came, and it was like a fresh start. It was a new leash on life. I, I stayed right in the shelter off of, uh, um, it was people serving people at the time, and it was off 10th Street, and it was in 2001. So I stayed there in the shelter, and it was like everything happened for me really quick and really good. So I got a place. I got a nice apartment out in, in a nice area. You know, life was good. So then here I go, got a bright idea. Oh, well, let's have my baby dad come because maybe he can come up here and he can get his life together, right? Wrong. So he came and it was horrible. He got here and um, the abuse continued. The abuse got so bad to like he would, yep, the 410 shelter. He, um, he beat me and he raped me, you know? You wouldn't expect someone that you love to do that. But also, a woman like me, well, wasn't a woman then, but a girl like me from where I'm from, we don't really look at it like that because that's your man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do your man rape you? You know what I'm saying? Nobody takes it serious, but it absolutely absolutely is serious you know it's a it's a real serious thing so that definitely made me grow like um it made me grow hate hatred for him but it also lowered my my self-esteem it lowered my value i felt like worthless i felt nothing i felt like man if somebody who can love you can do all these things to you and i felt like i hadn't done things to deserve that then i you know i must be this really messed up person i already felt rejected anyway as growing up as a child so it was just kind of like oh well you know i kind of accepted it and moved on with life like it was a normal part of life so that went on for about three years in minnesota and then finally i just was like you know what enough is enough so i jumped up and i left but when i jumped up and i left for this new leash on life oh i acted a fool because now I don't have any self-esteem. My standards are low because the person who I love with all my heart treated me like trash, so I must be trash. So now I'm promiscuous. I'm just sleeping with whomever. People, men, people, boyfriends, whomever. I had no standards, no morals, no nothing. I started selling drugs. I was just reckless, like a mess. When I say I was a mess, I mean I was a mess. I was fight. I was just, you know, hurt people, hurt people, and I was absolutely hurt. You know, I got beat for nothing. So nobody could say anything to me because 
I'm gonna beat them up because why I got beat up. So it's like, you know, it was a vicious, vicious cycle. And that went on for a very long time and I messed with a whole bunch of people that really didn't mean me no good. So like in two thousand and six I had my youngest daughter desire and I was messing with her dad and Oh my God, he was just the love of my life. I thought I was all that in two bags of Skittles because I took him from his baby mama. You know, I was on and popping. He was the, the man and we had the money. And oh, I was just all that, right? Wrong. Because he wasn't right, neither, and neither was I. So that was a big old disaster. And in 2006, after I had desire, I realized that, you know, it was like I went from worse to worse. And so I tried to kill myself. So I had a C-section and they gave me some Percocets. So me and my bright ideas, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead, take these perks and just end it all. Nope. God said no. God be playing too much sometimes. But he said no. He told me that he needed me to still be here. So here I am, right? I got a kidney infection. It could have killed me, but I'm still alive. So still and all, I stay around and I stick with this guy, right? And sticking with this guy, we're hustling, whatever the case may be. These really bad people came and they robbed me, right? They put a gun to my head and put me in a basement. This is how I know that God is real and he needed me to be sitting right here telling y'all this today. Because I was in a house alone. It was nobody. Just me pregnant with my baby, Desire. And these guys came in the house to act like they wanted. They sent someone to the door to act like they wanted something but whole time did nobody want nothing but to come in. They came in and they put a gun to my head, put me in a basement, and basically was like they was going to kill me, you know? And I prayed. Like, I was doing all this bad stuff, but I still felt like there was a God. I still felt like, you know, God will hear me. And if God don't help me, at least I'm praying to him before I go and I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? I kind of had that kind of attitude, like... If y'all gonna kill me, let's just come on and do this because y'all messing with my anxiety, okay? Let's get this over with already. They like, oh, she think we playing. They get smacking me around, you know? It was rough, but here I am. I didn't get shot or anything. But the, the crazy thing about that situation is those same people that did that to me turned around and killed a whole house full of people like a year later. So that's how I know that God had a purpose for me. And I'm sorry that that happens to those people, you know, but I'm just saying it could have been me. I was in the house all by myself. They could have killed me and got away with it. Nobody would have never known, right? So anyway, I go on. After that happens, I still stay with this guy. I even turn around and bury the guy, y'all. I know. That's just stupid is and stupid does. I know. I know. So I go ahead. We get married. And I think, like, uh, you know, this is going to be great. I go to hair school, right? I'm still doing my little thing, hustling and stuff like that, because it was just so easy. I don't know why, but I, I, was, I was still hustling. But I did go to hair school. I had dreams. I had goals. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to do hair. I wanted to open me a shop. I had. Uh, I was optimistic. This is the man that I want to be with. Boom, like it's grand, right? So that's what I thought. So anyway, he gets a job. And it's like, life is great. We even try to go to church at this point in time. Even he was going with me, but it's like... One day we was trying to go to church and the car broke down. Oh, that was it. We like, yeah, it ain't meant for us to go to church. That we don't need to be doing no church. This and then we going back to go sell some more dope. Okay, so that's what we did. So anyway, this guy here ends up leaving me. Can't believe that he left me. Lovable old me. Anyway, that's another episode. He left me and he ended up going to jail. But let me tell you what happened first. He left me, like, in December. Our one-year anniversary would have been in April, right? We're married. We've been together for five years, but we've only been married for these many months. And our one-year anniversary would be in April. So he, when he left me in December, I prayed, right? Because I felt like this is a street person. You know, maybe this whole being a family man and out the streets and just what way too much for him. You know, maybe he just can't handle this. So I'm like, you know, Lord, fix me. Help me get rid of these feelings or either fix him and help him be right. This is what I pray. So I prayed this prayer all the way to April, right? When April came, I ended up catching the man in a hospital with another woman. Another woman. 
y'all I can't this is crazy, right? In April, like a week before our anniversary. So I go in the hospital, I lose my cool, I go to jail. I go to jail. Can y'all believe they took me, this pretty cute face, to jail for hitting him. And he's big. So like that didn't hurt him, but you know, I was hurt, I was upset, I was embarrassed, I was angry, and I was completely caught off guard because I, I thought that we had something like I thought we were going somewhere. I was completely naive the whole time. I know it sounds crazy, he was gone from December to April. I never thought that he was cheating on me. I it never crossed my mind. I just thought that he was getting himself together. You know, he was trying to be the man that I and his family needed him to be. But no. So I go to jail. Him and his friends laugh at me. They make jokes all in the hospital, you know. So that was embarrassing. So anyhow, I get out of jail the next day. He goes to jail that following night and he goes to jail for um a murder. So he's he's still in jail right now for that. And so that really, really took me for a loop because it was like, whoa, you know, my whole life just really, really changed. I've lost my husband. He's gone to jail. But it's like I've been lost my husband because he had been left me, you know, but I was thankful that he left me in December because it allowed God to work inside of me, which I didn't even know that God was doing. It's just that when I got that phone call and they said, hey, you know, such and such is in jail for a murder. The old me that was crazy about him that would have, you know, been went berserk, right? I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And I, I didn't feel anything else about it. You know, I just felt like numb. But I think it's because I didn't know how to process my feelings because I drank. I drank and I drank and I drank and I drank and I popped ecstasy and I drank and I drank and I party and I drank. That was my coping mechanism. I didn't realize that though, right? Because we're growing up and where we grow up from, we don't really show a whole lot of emotion. We just know how to cope with stuff, right? We just know how to take it in and just deal with it. So we drink or we smoke weed or we pop X or we do lines, right? That's what we do because that's what we're used to doing. That's what we're used to doing to cope. So when that happened, that was in 2000 and I think 10 or 11, something like that. And so I moved away and I stopped selling drugs because I was just like, you know, it's time to do something different. This is what I'm thinking in my mind. I, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to change this guy's going to jail for murder. I don't need nobody to come look at me anyway. So I had to get up out of there. You know, I, you ain't even messing with me. So I had to go. So I left and I got a really good job. I was working at Comcast. You know, I had a nice place. I moved out to the suburbs. It was really, really nice. And I was really ready to just, you know, do the right thing, get my life together. I went back to school for um, business administration because I wanted to, like I say, open my own shop. So I had my hair license and I'm working at Comcast to get the money to do all these things. And then I um, was drinking a lot. So in the process of me drinking a lot, I got like three, four DUIs, end up going back to jail, right? I go to jail, had to do some time in the workhouse, had to be on house arrest, right? But this time now, right, it's not me. I'm not the problem. I'm not the reason why I'm not going to nobody treatment because the police be picking on me. I already got one DUI, so they just keep pulling me over. It's not my fault. None of this is my fault why this stuff is happening. You know, I would not take that. I would not own that at all because I feel like I go to work. I take care of my kids, partially take care of them. I'll be at home with them. I might be drunk when I'm there, but I cook food for them and I'm there. They got clothes. They go to school. You know, I don't, I'm the victim here. You know what I mean? The, the police is just picking on me. So I never owned it. So that's how I ended up going from one DUI, two, three, four. And then when a fourth one came and I almost lost my job, that's when I realized, like, oh, girl, you tripping. You know, if something you going to go to the penitentiary for drinking, that just didn't sit right with me. I'm going to go to the joint. To the joint. Where people are killers and stuff is that no harm, you know, no, no shade. But I'm just saying, I'm going to go there. For drinking? Is drinking that serious to me? Uh -uh. So that's when I had to have a revelation and say, 
that's enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be drinking and driving. I was still drinking, but just not drinking and driving. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to be doing that either. It just wouldn't click. I was very resilient. Very, very resilient. Like, I just didn't want to get it. You know, I want to do things on my own time, my own way. It wasn't me. So then, right, I met this guy. And it was like thirst mode type of situation. I should have never messed with the guy in the first place. But I did. And, oh, did God give me exactly what I was looking for and some. Let me tell you something. When God says no, you better know no because he's going to get out the way and he's going to let you find out. So to make a long story short with this guy, it was the worst. If you think what I said about my kid's dad was bad, imagine it's 100 times worse, okay? It was the worst. And this got so bad where I tried to kill myself just to keep him from killing me. I'm like, okay, so you think you're going to kill me. No, 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 no. Guess what? I'm going to kill myself first, so you can't kill me. And I was okay with that. And that was selfish because I didn't think about my kids. I didn't think about, you know, my granddaughter that I now have. I didn't think about nothing. I just felt like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going out like this. I'm, I refuse to let this person kill me. But I was so afraid of this person. Like, I was so scared, y'all. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to, I'm talking about, because I just never knew what I did to make this person hit me. Like, it'll just be like, hey, how you doing? Bow, you know, and it's like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even know what you done did to get hit. So it's like, you always walking around on eggshells. And this person had me so scared to the extent, like, I thought this person was God. I thought this person had the right to say when I live and when I die. That's how bad it was. So it was like this one day, I was so PTSD, like, you know, like a little twitch like that. And he went to grab me. And the next thing I know, I sat up there and turned around and said, eh, and I hit him, right? I hit him in the nose. And he, like, went all out of it for a little bit. Because i always been that way. Like, I feel like if I'm going out, I'm going out with a fight. I ain't even going to lie. Either, you know, whatever. And that might sound crazy, but somebody going to know that you did something to a person. You're not just going to take my body and dump it off. I'm going to leave some marks or something. So while he regrouping himself, right, we in the back of a car. I just said, you know what? Before I let him come out of that and hurt me, I was just rather do it myself. So I just opened the door and I just jumped out and it was lights out. And then I woke up in the hospital. And when I woke up in the hospital, I was just so not impressed. I'm not even going to lie. I was just like, really? Because the worst part about it is he was there, too. I said, Jesus. You know, I didn't say Jesus because I didn't really know Jesus then. I said something, but it wasn't that. And I was just so disappointed because I was just like, I don't try to get away. Even death couldn't save me from this man. You know, I was just like, through. But I also got a spiritual awakening in that moment, too. You know, um, I realized that of all the things that I've been through and all the things that I tried to do to take myself out or other people tried to do to take me out. None of it worked. So I realized that God kept me for a reason, you know? And so that's when I decided that I wanted to try to change my life. And it didn't, it, it didn't go very easy. Let me tell you that. So I leave the hospital. I wish I could show you guys how toe up I was. Like, I look like a hot mess. Like, I even just had to laugh at myself. Like, look at you. Just look what you did to yourself. And it's not funny. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, get it together. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you want to live like this? Why do you want to go through this? You know? But you get to a point in your life where you go through, I don't know about nobody else, Okay. But what's the chances of almost every single real relationship that I've been in, there's been domestic abuse that make you start feeling like it's something wrong with you and make you start feeling like, well, I deserve this or this is normal or this is the way that things should be because it's always happening. You know what I'm saying? But that's a lie from the pits of hell. That's a lie that the devil puts into your mind. You know what I'm saying? Because only things that can happen to you are things that you allow to happen to you. So... I started, I started owning this thing, though. I started really just becoming content with my life being the way that it was until I woke up and I realized that God kept me around for a while. 
for a reason. So once I got all healed up, I had seen this church. Um, and the church was out there giving away food, giving away bicycles, doing all this fun jazz stuff. And this was before I had jumped out the apartment. You know, I was just thinking to myself when I seen them, like, you know, this is nice because it was people that looked just like you and me. Like, they weren't dressed up in suits, Sunday hats, none of that. They was out there with diamond suits on, Nike, Daisy Dukes. Okay, maybe not Daisy Dukes, but close to it. They was out there, though. And they was out there praying for people, giving out food, you know, like, and it was genuine. And they was in, like, the most hoodest part of the city, you know what I'm saying? And they was out there, and they was being real. And I said to myself when I seen them, I'm like, you know what? One day I'm going to go to that church. So it took me to get all banged up and beat up, but God led me there. And so I got there, and when I got there, the people were just so welcoming. You know, they were not judgmental. I don't know about y'all, but I know y'all don't I know somebody out there done walked into a church, and it felt like everybody looking at you like this. You know, looking at you crazy, trying to see what's up with you. Why you dress like that? Why you look like that? Who is you? Why you coming in there? It was total opposite. Like, I, I came in and I actually felt like relief. You know, I felt like even though, like, my face was all scarred up and stuff like that, they didn't look at me weird. They didn't, you know, treat me different or anything like that. They just embraced me. So that was in 2017 when this happened, right? So... 2017, I'm still with the same person that I tried to jump out of the car and get away from. I wasn't really with him, but I still associated with him because I felt bad for his situation. He had a situation he was going through and I was trying to help, right? And not only was I trying to help, I was scared to leave. I'm like, Lord, he ain't dead. I ain't dead. I might as well try to, you know, keep him close, play him close. So, you know what I'm saying? He won't, uh, suspicious and think I'm trying to leave them. You know, I just try to keep it cool with them or whatnot. So, 2017, I go to, well, the next year, 2018, I go to the church, I get baptized, and I'm like, this is it. I'm about to get my life right. I'm getting saved. I'm leaving him alone. This, that, and third. I'm about to take my life back. I'm about I'm about to, you know, to, to get it together. The sad thing is, I didn't really know what getting it together meant because I was going to church, I got saved, but I was still going to the club. Everybody know me, know that I was a party animal. I love to party, but I felt like as long as I was going to church, God was pleased with me. I was spreading the word, going to church, copying a little pill here and there, having a little drink here 